0: And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business. Now, today's topic is one that I'm so glad we're covering and uh, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Donna James. Now, she says, yes, the thought of leaving your abuser is terrifying, but so is the thought of staying. But only one of those options. Can result in your happiness and freedom. Now, Donna is a domestic abuse survivor turned certified coach, a consultant, and speaker. And after fleeing her abusive marriage with her younger sons, no money, no confidence, and no clue on how she would survive, she was determined to build a safe, a healthy, and a happy life for her and her boys. Now, Donna has worked extremely hard to completely rebuild her confidence, her courage, and her life. And her transformation has led her now to coaching other women who've been silenced by an unhealthy or abusive relationship. Now, since 2006, she has been successfully helping women to heal, empowering them to shift their mindset, unblock their limiting beliefs and rebuild their confidence to find their voice again, move forward and live and love on their terms. Now, on today's show, Donna is going to share domestic abuse well that can happen to anyone and the experience that many of us are experiencing around the globe has forced people to to be at home so causing the home maybe not to be a safe place she's going to talk about most forms of abuse they're not not or they're non-violent so victims don't recognize or they cannot really consider the toxic behavior that may be impacting them as well as the importance of letting go of guilt so welcome to the show donna Thank you for having me. You are welcome. And, you know, before we went live, I was talking about sometimes guests who have uh, different topics, and today I've been back streaming my guests. And the last show uh, we we talked about how so many people are working from home now and so many people are having to be locked down. And what this has done is it has brought to to even more extreme situations where now uh, women are, yeah, are feeling unsafe, Uh, children are feeling unsafe. So it's so good that you are here sharing your story. Uh, And I know that through the insights that you've shared, the steps that you've taken, I'm hoping that if someone is watching or listening today or if someone knows of someone who is experiencing this, that they'll have some practical steps to be able to move forward. And I know at the end of the show, you're going to be sharing some resources that people can get access to so that they know that they're not alone you are someone who has been there and now we'll say at the onset, you've got a beautiful, loving husband who supports you. So um, that that is amazing. So let's uh, talk about, you say domestic abuse can happen to anyone. Share a little bit more about that, Donna.
1: Well, you know, a lot of people think that to be in an abusive situation, it usually happens to people that either grew up in an abusive environment or, um, you know, they're lower income, l- less educated. And there's kind of this stigmatism is that, you know, it's it's people that are not aware that it happens to. And when in fact, you know, I didn't have any domestic violence in my family at all. Um, you know, I was educated, went to college, and, and um, you know, it... It happened to me. And when I started seeing all these people I was dealing with, I was dealing with doctors, lawyers, policemen, um, you know, all these different professions that and different uh, socioeconomic levels that people were coming from that were experiencing that, you know, this wasn't uh, an issue just with lower income people or people that, you know, had a lower level of education or, you know, came from an abusive environment. That can happen, but it also happens to anyone. Anyone is at risk.
0: You know, with um, the situation as I mentioned, with so many more people now having to be at home and in in environments. I mean, the complexities, and the uncertainty, and the stress and anxiety often that is caused by you know, in, in some instances, the workplaces, and we can bring that that at home. So there may be now situations where previously, and there may be the cracks that have been there, certain things that are happening, but now. All of a sudden, you've got um, this environment which which is causing you know other instances and and uh, things that we're having to navigate through as as well. So you say also too that most forms of abuse are actually non-violent. With for some people it may be really. So share a little bit more about what are some of the things that you've learned that maybe you've experienced that on till someone actually showed you this is actually not right and it's is considered a form of abuse what were what, what those things can you enlighten us with uh, some of the things you've learned of course I uh, for
1: my situation it started off as being verbal emotional mental and financial and I sought therapy to help me be a better wife because I felt that everything was my fault that I was the one that was doing things wrong you know I could never make him happy he was always angry and, and uh, lashing out at me and I went to see a therapist about that and said you know I just I need to be a better wife and I explained the reasons why to her and she started asking me questions and fortunately she could sense that something more was happening and this was years ago when you know there was less information out there about abuse but she told me that it's abuse what you're going through and I I didn't believe her at first and she said it is going to escalate to physical if you don't get out of the relationship and I didn't believe her so I just you know kind of let it go and I thought I would just take care of things as much on my own as I could and before I knew it things started to become physical and it was when he threw our five-year-old across a room because he spilt his milk at dinner time that was when I realized that everything she told me was true and it was right. And there isn't that physical aspect to it. So, you know, they will um, have excuses as to why, you know, if he's drinking or he does drugs or he's tired or he's had a bad day, he's stressed, that they will come up with these reasons why. And they believe that those are the reasons why, because that's what their spouse is telling them. And uh, when in fact... It is verbal, mental, emotional, financial, it can be spiritual, it can be, you know.
0: I think the internet, uh, Donna, unfortunately, is is not as uh, strong as we would like that, but we <laughs> are going to uh, navigate through that. So the last piece, you, you, we weren't able to hear that. So you said about the financial as well. There, there was another piece that you mentioned. Did you want to repeat that?
1: Yeah, so there's the uh, verbal, emotional, mental, spiritual, financial, abuse, those are different forms of non-physical. And then of course, there's the physical violence and then there's the sexual violence, the sexual abuse. So, you know, out of the seven forms, five of them are not physical. And that's the sad part is people don't recognize that because it doesn't reach that bar of being physical. So they don't accept it as abuse that's happening to them. And they don't, that's what I find so heartbreaking. Because you hear so many cases in the media where women are killed by their abusers and they had no bruises before, they had no injuries before, no reports of it. But people start realizing, well, he was very controlling or she was very controlling, however it works, um, that, you know, he was... Very mean to her. Uh, he was verbally and mentally and emotionally abusive. And so you hear all that coming out afterwards because all it took was that moment for them to snap and and it became visible and unfortunately, yeah, fortunately, yeah. it was important people know that
0: you know most forms aren't physical. do you, do studies have or have studies proven because one of the things that you mentioned you you said you went to a psychologist. Um, who recognised some of these behavioural patterns and she was able to kind of warn you, Has have studies proven that uh, there can be something done? Because often what we try and do as women, we try and fix the situation. Uh, but so what I'm trying to say I guess is are there situations that have shown that with the right intervention and the right support because let's face it no matter what you did Donna and you proved that you went and got counselling and support to be a better wife I mean that kind of thing it's like what about being a better husband and by the way this is not a men and women bashing thing at all it's you, you know let's because he obviously, there's something that happened to him that, and, and unless they're willing to, to, to make the changes, um, y- you know, there's only so much that you can do. But, but have studies proven that there can be some intervention done? like You know, or is the choice just to, to leave because the situation will only get dire and, and lead to physical? Has anything been done on that, you know?
1: That I couldn't tell you for sure. I do know when I spoke to my therapist at the time, she said that, you know, from her experience and what she's seen and read in regards to those types of abuse that actually the abuse can be more difficult to treat in someone and to get them help on than the physical forms of abuse but even at that point uh, i mean it is very very rare because in so many of the cases they don't either realize that they're an abusive type personality or they, you know, refuse to. A lot of it could be narcissistic tendencies or behavior where they are never wrong. It is always the other person. So it is extremely difficult to to treat. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because I think when it comes down to it, really, until there is something that can prove that we can treat this and some sort of method to treat it, um, that... You know, you're better off just to get out of the situation and I will never tell my clients to leave, but I will, you know, educate them as much as I can so that they can make that decision because um, they also have to make it when it's right for them. Otherwise, it can become extremely dangerous if they just do it on a whim. Um, you know, because someone has told them they need yes. to leave.
0: Mm. And, and one of the, the things that I'm really uh, gathering from you, it's important uh, to have the right support mechanisms in place for you, you went and saw a therapist who was able to help you. You now, of course, help women who are in that situation as uh, well. What would let and let's talk about some practical steps, some things. If someone is finding themselves and recognizing the environment that I am in, I am scared for my own safety, this the safety of my children, yet they're because the behavior and I think narcissistic behavior is all about the control uh, and blame, and they may be monitoring every move and I think that that's what you said too your because we've spoken previously um, Mm -hmm. your ex-husband was monitoring your movement he knew exactly where you were and one of the places where you could get some freedom if you will was at work and of course for many people now that they don't have the freedom to go Mm -hmm. to work because they now have to work at the home in the home what are some practical steps that these women can do?
1: Well, you know, there's a couple of checklists that I, I do offer people that uh, free checklists that can help them because, you know, the one thing I do encourage them as long as they're, if they're not in immediate danger, um, you know, if they're in immediate danger, of course, call 911 or your local authorities. But if you're, if you do have some time, the best way to do it is to plot plan if possible and by having the items that you need such as you know birth certificates passports um, your driver's license insurance documents medical documents so there's different things that i provide on these checklists of what they should have words of a point when they are ready to leave that's what their focus on is leaving it's not distracted by But I can't leave because I don't have this information or they try and go back to get that information. And, you know, so I think it's really important that they do prepare as much as they can for their safety and for the kids safety. Um, And then also there's uh, a safety bag that. A checklist that I give them, and that's a bag that they can give to someone that they know, a friend or family member that they trust, that they can give to them. So it has items in there. There's many different, um you know, ways to prepare, and that's what I did. I tried to leave, and it backfired horrendously, and uh, so I knew that I had to plan. And I was fortunate; he would go on um, the odd guys. You know, you know, day trips out. And uh, I just waited for that to occur. And I planned everything. And then I left. And it was, it was good, because I was, you know, clear mind that I had everything else taken care of, I could now just focus on leaving and getting my kids out. And I think that's really important, because when you leave an abusive relationship, that is the most dangerous time in an abusive relationship. And, you know, so it's, it can be a double-edged sword, sword because, you know, you're thinking of, um, you know, the fear of leaving. But also, you know, I remind people, think of the fear of living in that. You know, it's, yes, it's scary the thought to leave, but it's even scarier the thought to stay. So, yes. you know, that's something that we really need to look at.
0: Yeah. And so looking back, I I would say that preparation, as you said, is so very important. And you've got some checklists, which you are going to share at the end of uh, today so that people can get uh, a hold of those. You know, it, it was interesting, the previous guest was saying that there is a sign and I don't know, she said, if, if you are in trouble is to hold your hand up, go like this, just to do like that kind of movement. The reason I'm saying that is if in your situation, and, and I don't know if this is something that you recommend, is it helpful for, for her to also have some close friends, the ones that she really can trust, that are there that are aware of that or is this something that maybe you... Uh, I guess the the answer is going to be, well, do you have friends? And and because then we're going to talk about, you know, let go of guilt, because there's so many different, I, I guess, emotions that is going through her head too. But firstly, did you have someone that knew that this was taking place, so that always had your back there, just in case you know you're thinking, oh, maybe I should stay. What what happened for you, and and did you find support was really helpful for you at that stage?
1: So in my situation, and in a lot of women's situation we put on this act because our biggest fear is that someone will find out and that someone will actually approach our abusive spouse and you know confront them because that can really backfire and I know a lot of people they say you know like they they just want to confront them and say you're doing this to her or him and you know treating them so poorly and all that and what happens is is it's The person that says that, it may make them feel better and they may think it's the right thing to do, but it's the victim that has to stay with that person and they're going to receive retaliation for that. And the other thing to consider too is that You know, you don't know what the threat is because a lot of people just assume that the threat is that the abuser is going to say, I'm going to hurt you or I'm going to beat you or whatever it is. But they may be, in fact, you know, threatening their children. They may be threatening their parents, their friends, their other family, their dog, their job. Um, It could be, you know, if they're uh, from a different country, they could be actually threatening to have them turned over to immigration or to have them sent back to where they're from or take the children away. And so there's so many different things that are happening than just the abuse at the time. And so, you know, as much as it may feel good to be able to confront them that does not work at all so in my situation and i know in so many people's situation is i put on this front and i put on this act no one had the slightest idea that anything was going on and when i finally broke down actually because i was at work and i collapsed and was rushed to the hospital in an ambulance and when they arrived to take me first thing they're saying is are you under stress or anything (laughs) like that Oh, no, no, I'm fine. Because I thought if they call my husband to hospital, I don't want him, you know, to find out. So I gave them my mom's information. She came down. He found out though, and he came to the hospital and he made quite the scene as he came in and started yelling and screaming at me. So that was the first time anyone knew was when I told my mom what was happening at that point and she was just so incredibly supportive it it was unconditional it was whatever you need we're here for you so her and my dad were there to offer whatever support they were I think they felt a lot of guilt because they felt that they should have seen something but I reassured them that no, that was my goal is for you not to see anything because I also didn't want him, you know, affecting you in any way. And so there's, there's so many things that are going on that, you know, you just don't want anyone to know. And a lot of it is shame too. You know, there's a lot of shame involved in it, which there shouldn't be. I mean, we've done nothing wrong. And that's the sad part is that there is so much shame and there's, You know, there's so much judgment attached to it where, um, you know, people would say to me afterwards, well, you should have seen it coming. You should have, you know, left as soon as it happened. Uh, You know, it's your fault because you didn't see it. You didn't report it, all these things. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very, very gradual process. And until you've been in it, you can never really truly understand yeah. that you go into a relationship and they gain your trust and yes. you trust them. And then that's when it starts to flip.
0: Yeah. So yeah. one of the of- other things that I have also read uh, as well about narcissists is that externally to everyone else, the nicest of people. And if you were to say something to them, that's like, nah. So be mindful of those people. It is an act. It is an, an act. It's a, you know, and they're really good at it. And I think that in itself too because, you know, in, in instances where there's a relationship, all of a sudden after you're married, the cracks start coming through or something has you know happen that's causing more more stress and then the cracks get even bigger but the you know and you said something earlier that i want to draw upon too and this is the whole fact that you were saying it's it can sometimes be the slow process that you don't even realize that you are actually starting to question well maybe it is me you know, you made me do it. No one makes you do anything. We all need to uh, take ownership of our behavior, even in the most stressful of situations, how you react, how you speak to someone. And I think words can do just as much damage, can't they? Psychological words, financial abuse. And I'm, I'm sure financial abuse is when they have such control over your money, you can't do anything with it. You know, you have to ask them certain things and um, I'd imagine. I mean, you mentioned some of the others. Do you just want to to give a definition of what that could look like, so someone can kind of see? And another question: so give it a little bit of a definition, and then. If there's one thing happening, they might find that there are other things that are happening too uh, around the, so if you've got the the verbal abuse, you might also have a bit of financial abuse going on there as well. Is that something that can often happen as well?
1: What I'm seeing is a lot of divorce, or not divorce, sorry, abuse situations is that um, when there's some form of abuse there's often a secondary form of abuse and financial abuse is very common because it's a form of control. So they may force you to work very hard and you don't see any of your money or they may not allow you to work so you can't make any money. But the the whole intention is to isolate you and move you away from any opportunities to freedom. So whether it's through money Whether it's through friends, so they will, uh, it's very common for them to isolate you in any form of abuse. So, if, um, you know, in my instance, I have had a best friend that I've had my entire life, and it got to the point where he liked her at the beginning, but then he started telling me that, you know, I don't think that it's good that you hang around with them or you're not spending enough time with the family you know, you should be spending time with our friends, not your friend. And he just slowly pulled me away to the point where I didn't have the opportunity really to do anything. He kept me busy and he monitored me. And it just, you know, that's common is they just pull you away from any type of support system. And for me, one of the the points of, you know, when I really realized that I did need to get away after he threw our son is when he started telling me I couldn't see my brother. And my brother and I were extremely close. And he didn't want me seeing him anymore. And he also was starting to tell me he didn't want me to see my parents anymore. So there was a lot of and it's it's very subtle and that's the thing that people don't realize it's it's like the frog in the boiling water i dated my husband for it was 2 years before you know we got engaged and another year till our wedding and there was nothing really there that would have given me any indication and his family is amazing and so there was nothing there that, you know, made me think, oh, something's off. And so that's that's the thing is it can happen so gradually. And he got my trust and we got married. And it was after we got married that he slowly started to, you know, say, well, I'll, I'll do the finances because I've been living on my own for years. And I had come from my parents' home to, you know, the, the wedding home. And um, he, it made sense to me. So I said, okay. He said, we'll open up a a joint account. Great. And then I was told I wasn't allowed to touch the joint account. And then I was threatened if I would have touched the joint account. And so there were so many little things that go on. And, you know, like you, you were saying about the, you know, feeling like you're kind of crazy because everyone else loves them. And that's the other problem is why you don't trust yourself, a lot of gaslighting that can occur because they will cause you to doubt yourself, second-guess everything, and they can be extremely charming. I really have, there's not a lot of them that I've seen that are not charming to other people. And that's, again, what makes it so unbelievable for some people to understand is because everybody loves them which makes the victim feel even worse because they're thinking, well, then it must be me. Mm. So there's, there's a lot that goes on. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, let's share Donna, if you would, The uh, how can they get that resource? What's the best place for them to go and get that from you? I'm assuming your website.
1: Yeah. So they can go to my website. Uh, it's Donna-James.com and uh, they can go to my coaching section uh, in there and or they can email me at info at donna-james.com and i can just email it to them so i don't i don't keep that online just for security reasons we don't want abusers going on there and going okay well this is what i should look for so yes. you know if uh, if they just send me an email i can send that off to them that's not a problem
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, amazing. And and I know that you also share a little bit more about the work that you do because I'd imagine that um, once you did leave, there was a lot of rebuilding, a lot of healing for you, a lot of that process of letting go. Uh, But you have rebuilt your life and you've got, as we mentioned earlier on, you have um, a beautiful, loving husband. And I, I think you mentioned to me when we had a conversation Beforehand, uh, and uh, that you would often say to your now now new husband, uh, "Is it all right if I go out?" or something like that. And he said, "Why are you asking me that for?" So it's almost like you have to unlearn certain behaviour. But that's also yeah. what, what you support uh, people with. But why I'm sharing that is that there is hope, there is possibility. You you are living that now. So share a little bit more about some of the support that you can also offer, offer women.
1: So when I was going through, you know, after I left my husband and I was going to see a therapist and she admittedly said to me, though, I've never been in that situation, so I can provide you with textbook information, but none of it was anything I could really use. And that was when I said to my parents that when I get through this, and I will, I'm going to help other women because there was this gap there of, you know, you've got professional therapists, then it's, where do I go? And unless there's somebody that's been through that and experienced it, it's very hard to describe and understand. And there's a lot of judgment you know, that may come across very innocently, but, you know, when you're going through that, you're very sensitive to that. So, um, you know, I really, I rebuilt myself. I used a lot of different tools to help me through. And I can tell you, journaling is amazing. And it's also a great way to document everything and to go through that. And so I, once I started healing, and people started to see my transformation. They started asking me to help them with their situation, and then I soon I had people that you know I'd be in my full time job. I'm so sorry.
0: It's all <laughs> right, <laughs> the choice. <job joy's>
1: and... <laughs> You've got little little futures and, at home. <laughs> um, and I would. He's not being beaten, by the way. <laughs> not sure what's He's going excited. On. Um, but <laughs> i think it's the neighbors um but so what would happen is i would be working my full-time job and i go see a client and about something completely different and they'd start crying and they would open up to me and they'd say you know i just feel i can talk to you and so that's when i started realizing i can make a difference to people by helping them in this regard You know, before I was thinking, well, I can, you know, volunteer to shelter or something. But this really resonated with me that I could be that point between, you know, realizing or just wondering what's wrong with my relationship to I need to get out or I want to get out or I need to heal after I get out to be that person that understands what it's like who's been there done that and can you know really help somebody and make a difference and so I started coaching women and I then became a certified coach uh, just so I could get some additional training in that and I've just been helping women this is my passion I love doing it and I've been doing it since 2006 and I've had women I've sat in a hair salon with for several hours And they've gone home and left their abusers after their family had tried everything. So, you know, I think being able to talk to someone who's been through it and to see that they got through it is is a really big motivator and inspiring for someone who's in the situation. And that's that's why I felt, you know, I went through this and I got through it and I owe it to other women to help them through this. And so that's what I'm there for, is to help inspire, empower, educate, and just help them in any way I can.
0: Yeah and that's one of the reasons I said when when I we spoke in our initial catch up call I said oh Donna you have to come on and share your story because you're you're absolutely right and you know there can be people that unknowingly uh, are trying to be helpful but are anything but and we know that we we filter things don't we throw our own understanding in some instances misunderstanding or there may be things that we think this is the way that it really needs to be we're not living in our Shoe, in their shoes um, and they are not responsible for trying to change their abuser they are not responsible for them but what they are responsible for and let's empower them to to realize this is not okay the environment you're living in is not okay you don't have to continue living that way and especially if you've got young children you know i know as a as a mother which is as you said was one of the key t- turning points for you when you saw the abuse user was was starting then to turn the attention onto to your children's that this has to stop and there is certainly a way through and so thank you for for sharing your message reach out to Donna her, her web address of course again is Donna-James.com and uh, certainly can have a conversation with with you Donna so thank you so much once again for coming on the show.
1: Oh thank you for inviting me I really appreciate it and I'm so glad anything I can do to get the message out there to help women. This
0: podcast is brought to you by the influencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. That's the influencealliance.com slash podcast series.